And brothers and sisters, would you turn with me to Psalm 51? We'll be reading uh, verses 1 through 5 and focusing just briefly on verse 5. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness. According to the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin, for I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only, have I sinned and done this evil in your sight, that you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. O Lord, we do ask that your Spirit would prepare our hearts to hear your precious word now and to draw near to you as we partake in this communion table with you. Open our eyes, Lord, to your truth, and may we come now with humble hearts and with joy to this table where we give thanks for your grace, your amazing grace to us, and we ask this in the name of our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ, amen. Well, it's been five weeks since we looked at verse four of Psalm 51, and that was where David was acknowledging, he was confessing his sin against the Lord and against the law of the Lord, uh, that he had sinned in the sight of God, and that the Lord was blameless because he is perfect in, in justice and in judgment. He is blameless to bring whatever discipline or whatever judgment the Lord was going to bring uh, against David. And then in verse 5, David said, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. So David is saying here, Lord, I have not only been guilty of the specific sins of adultery and murder, but I have an adulterous and murderous heart. That's what I am by nature. He was acknowledging, he was confessing that he sins by nature. He was a sinner at birth. So depravity or natural depravity is, our culture doesn't like to hear that. Even churches don't like to hear uh, that. Some don't. Uh, and our culture doesn't respond well to that word. And yet depravity is all around us. It's very visible. What we just heard, uh, what is done against the saints of the Lord Romans 3, though, says very clearly, no one is exempt. There is none righteous, no, not one. There is none who understands. There is none who seeks after God. They have all turned aside. They have together become unprofitable. There is none who does good, no, not one. And then later in that chapter, it says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. It's very clear. Jeremiah 17.9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately corrupt or desperately wicked. Who can understand it? Who can understand his own heart? Romans 5.12 helps us to understand what is called original sin and how it is applicable to all of us. Romans 5 uh, says, Just as through one man, that is Adam, sin entered the world and death through sin, so death spread to all men, all people, because all men sinned. Charles Spurgeon said, David is not saying here that his mother's, it's his mother's fault. He's not saying that. His parents weren't in a sinful relationship uh, when he was born. They were rightly covenanted. His mother was called the, the Lord's handmaid. His father was, he had a good father. And David himself was called the man after God's own heart. And yet, uh, Charles Spurgeon said it this way, and yet his nature was as fallen as that of any other son of Adam. And David wasn't blaming anybody here for his sin. He didn't say, the devil made me do it. 
He wasn't saying anything like that, like the comedian Flip Wilson said in the early 70s. Some of you don't remember this act, this skit that he did. It became very famous when I was in high school, junior high and high school. Everybody went around saying, you know, well, the devil made, you know, and for some reason at our age, a bunch of guys, you know, it was a guy thing, I suppose. They'd come up and they'd slug you as hard as they could and make a big knot in your arm and then they'd say, oh, the devil made me do it. And uh, yeah, it's just silly. But, uh, and I, I hope I didn't respond saying the same thing when I got angry, but, you know, and I was thinking of that phrase, and I looked it up, and I, I didn't know this, but there is an actual case in America called, it was the devil made me do it case. This was in court <clears throat> back in, <clears throat> excuse me, 1981. There was a man who killed somebody, and his defense sought to prove his innocence based on uh, his claim that he's not responsible. He, you know, the devil made me do it. And, uh, but the judge wouldn't have anything to do with that. The, the jury convicted him of manslaughter. And, uh, but there was an earlier situation. This is in Genesis 3. And the answer to the Lord's questioning uh, of the first man and the first woman the answer came, then the man said, the woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I ate. And the Lord God said to the woman, what is this you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me, and I ate. So she was tempted, she was deceived, but she ate. She was the one who ate. Charles Swindoll said, in the Garden of Eden, God confronted the first man and woman after they sinned, and their reaction set the course for an entire race of blame shifters. So we naturally sin. We have to be very careful not to shift the blame. It's easy for us to seek to do that for our sin on other people or other situations or the condition that we were in. Yes, we're sinned against, but to sin in response is sin. James 1 says, let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone, but each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. And then the Lord Jesus said to us, for out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. So out of the heart those things come. And the modern counseling and psychoanalytic theory uh, actually allows or encourages people to blame other people, to blame their situation, to blame whatever. They claim essentially the devil made me do it, or others made me sin. But the Lord has provided all we need by his grace to defeat sin in our lives and defeat Satan. In Ephesians 6, he said we should put on the whole armor of God that we might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So we can do that. We can overcome because he who is in us is greater than he who is in the world. And the Lord Jesus taught us to pray, in fact, lead us not into temptation. And he told his disciples, keep watching and praying that you may not enter into temptation. And the Lord uh, delivered us from sin's power through his death and through his resurrection. In Romans 6, he commands us, in fact, to reckon ourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Jesus Christ our Lord. And the Lord's provided his precious spirit to help us grow as we submit to his word. Galatians 5 tells us to walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. He has promised, brothers and sisters, to limit 
our temptation to that which we can resist, and he promises us that in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, which is a promise we should all know, should all have on our hearts and minds. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man, but God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may able, be able to bear it. So brothers and sisters, we are reminded in the table of the Lord as we come to the, his table this morning uh, of his great grace to us. And I'd like to conclude with a thought from Romans 5. Where sin abounded, grace abounded much more, so that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let's pray. Lord, we do come now to praise you and to give thanks to you for saving us and for freeing us from the dominion of sin and that your grace abounds over our sin and grace reigns over sin. And we are in need of this grace, Lord, to continue to walk in the Spirit. May we now reckon ourselves dead to sin and alive to you through Jesus Christ, our Lord, and we praise you in his precious name. Amen.